Hello and welcome to Egg Meat Sperm. In this podcast, we cover everything from fertility, vitality, to humanity. This podcast is all about how the body, mind, and spirit integrate, how the masculine meets the feminine, and how we can integrate the many sides of ourselves to live our fullest potential, and in the process to optimize our fertility and have the family that we've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Dr. Omama. In this season of Egg Meat Sperm, we focus on how the body is consistently talking to us. It's sending us signals about what's happening and how, if we're listening and paying attention, we can help our bodies heal and feel empowered to have our best and optimal fertility. Today, I have a really special guest for us. As a lot of you know, I'm a holistic fertility specialist, so I spend a lot of time helping people get pregnant, uh, and then they kind of go off and do their own things. So I'm really excited to kind of look at the other side of this, which is the birth. Um, I recently um, had an experience where a client was really not getting pregnant because she was deathly afraid of the birth. And she managed to get pregnant and then miscarried because she was still like holding on to this fear of, oh my God, I'm not sure I can deal with the pain of the birth. Um, So we had to work a lot through the fear to actually get her to the point to be able to be pregnant. Um, She's in our third trimester now, so it's really lovely. Um, but our guest today is a very, very special person because she helps bring babies into this world. Um, her name is Anne Margulis. Actually, I didn't even ask you how to say your name. Margolis. Margolis. <laughs> I had a feeling. It's, right. it's always, I, many people mispronounce. <laughs> uh, Anne Marg- Margolis uh, is a licensed certified nurse midwife. OBGYN nurse practitioner, certified yoga teacher, and clarity breathwork practitioner. She is a third-generation guide to mamas birthing babies in her family. Anne has helped thousands of families in her 20-plus years of midwifery practice and has personally assured the births of over a 1,000 healthy babies into the world. Um, she, her work has been shown on TV shows and movies, including four episodes of A Baby Story on TLC and the Discovery Channel and the award-winning feature documentary Orgasmic Birth. Uh, She has been interviewed for local and national radio programs and podcasts and has also been a featured speaker and expert panelist as distinguished um, events for Wild Cornell School of Medicine, University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, and many other distinguished organizations. Uh, So welcome, Anne. It's really lovely to have you. Lovely to be here. (laughs) So I'm really excited to be talking to you. One, because lots of people ask me about um, referrals to a midwife. So I really want to start with, what is a midwife? Like, why would someone seek out a midwife? That's a great question. And I get that question all the time. And I guess I would frame it as, you know, because most people know what an obstetrician is, right? Um, An obstetrician, for anyone who doesn't know, is a a new profession relatively in in the course of history 
um, in the, um, it's a, um, an obstetrician goes to medical school and does you know, extensive residency and uh, additional training um, as a surgeon. And specializing really in the high risk complications and, and um, doing you know, all sorts of diagnostic testing to screen for them and treating them medically and surg surgically. We need that, but for a very small percentage of the population. And um, when, when in our country, um, we have a very high use of obstetrician um, OBGYNs for um, maternity care. And what's happening is when that sort of care, when you go to a surgeon, you know, there's, there's, high, you know, if you're expecting a, a baby, that's a normal process. You know, um, midwives uh, have the philosophy that birth is normal until proven otherwise. Um, so the vast majority of women are having healthy pregnancies and their bodies know how to grow birth and breastfeed a baby, kind of just like our bodies know how to breathe. Our heart knows how to beat. And um, if we kind of get our minds out of the way um, in, in the whole process, it can just most of the time work. And so what a midwife um, is, is in New York, we have to have a master's level training um, so I have a bat we have to have a bachelor's in nursing and um, there's 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 three states actually in the United States that do not require a bachelor's in nursing but in um, I have a bachelor's in nursing and then master's in midwifery so it's about seven years of schooling and 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 the focus of a midwife is supporting the normal how to keep birth normal how to restore the humanity how to lessen fear restore confidence like help a woman you know reclaim confidence in her body's ability to grow and birth her baby. And it's, and it's all that's needed to kind of support and encourage the process when all is well. So just like, you know, if um, most of the time all is well. And the more I practice, the more I see, the less we need to do. And, and it just works. And it's really amazing. Or, you know, it's been working for thousands of years or we would not have survived as a human species. And midwives have been helping women sort of, you know, being with the woman during birth for all around the world for, for thousands of years. But now it's, it's really, you know, combining art, science, you know, and it's more that we have a formal education. And um, so around the world, like in, in, in the countries that have the best outcomes in terms of healthy moms, healthy babies, um, are, are having midwives like Sweden, for example. Everybody sees a midwife when they're pregnant. It's just when, they get, when they're pregnant, they go to a midwife. And if there's a high-risk situation, the obstetrician is brought in. Um, and then those countries have very high rates of not only just um, a breathing uh, you know, baby with a heartbeat, a breathing mother with a heartbeat, but just really healthy outcomes emotionally and physically. Um, the United States has, um, we rank among the lowest compared to other developed countries in the world in terms of losing more mothers and babies or having more sick mothers and babies during the process. We have very high rates of uh, cesarean section rate, cesarean section um, birth and, and birth trauma for mother and babies. 
and moms and babies. And um, this is really um, when the miss, you know, the misuse of like, so the vast majority of women are going, you know, having high risk in um, diagnostic testing and, and, and procedures done when it's not necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. So my first, um, uh, job as a midwife was just a was this beautiful model. It was actually in a hospital practice in Brooklyn. It was called Midwife Doctor Team Care, where the midwives, you know, the the obstetricians felt that the that the women got better, supportive, encouraging, sort of um, supportive, compassionate, respectful care. Let's say um, that with the midwives, and they said to us, "We don't really want to be around normal birth." Just call us if you need a cesarean, if the mom needs a cesarean, if the woman like has insulin dependent diabetes or high blood pressure or a, you know, a really high risk situation that, that you know, we need to be involved. Otherwise, you know, we, we, we really have faith that, that, that midwifery care rocks and, and women can do, you know, benefit most from your care. So there were six midwives and, and two obstetricians and it was just this beautiful balance and and we had you know great outcomes that were comparable to what we're seeing in other developed countries that have that same you know the UK and and Sweden you know um, lots of parts of Europe Japan where they're having this sort of team approach right because we need both but getting back to like the most most women are healthy so they would really benefit from from a midwifery care and it just you know, my, my experience as a nurse is so different than my, as working in a hospital is very different than my experience as a midwife. Because my experience as a nurse working in a hospital, I was really, never knew of a midwife. And I was seeing so much cesarean and so I was having to rescue so many like problems caused by the interventions. And I never saw normal birth. And and I and I was like there was no humanity. It was like a you know crisis waiting to happen, and and um, everything was a you know a preventing lawsuit or you know get him in, get him out, or you know there was a lot of fear and emergencies. And I did not see great outcomes all the time. And as a midwife, I'm seeing that more the exception, where the more what I see and and witness and help women is to restore the humanity to the process, to restore celebration, the beauty. And, and even invite pleasure into the whole experience and joy of having a baby. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's something that you said that is actually a couple of things. Um, one is this almost the medicalization of what is normal, right? right. So it's, it's almost like we as women have kind of given our power over to the doctor the expert who knows it all and um and that in turn allows them to like medicalize our bodies in a way that's like oh you're pregnant high risk pregnancy blah blah you know oh my gosh yeah all the labels that get put on um just the pregnancy itself and then when you get to the birth it's like that that medicalization kind of continues right into the birthing process. So it really takes away from the woman being able to have her natural process, whatever that process might be. And it's just like um, a very famous physician who was one of the chairs of the World Health Organization, the maternal child uh, department. He was saying one of the worst things a woman can do when she goes <laughs> into labor is to go to the hospital and put on a hospital gown. 
you know, it's, it, it's very disempowering. And, you know, one of the things, one of a big part of a component of, of um, authentic midwifery care is restoring the power back into the woman mm-hmm. who's, who, mm-hmm. whose body knows exactly what to do if encouraged and supported and, and create, and, you know, space is created for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, help women believe not only that their body knows how to do it and their baby knows how to do it, but they have the capacity and the strength within them to, to, to do it. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious if you feel like the experience that you had in the hospital, um, differs from your midwifery experience so drastically because, um, and it might be a chicken and egg question, but is it because they're in the medical system that they then have a certain set of issues that pop up? Or is it because they have issues that they went into the medical system? No, no. I think I think more often than not. I mean, look. If someone had, like I said, if someone is having triplets, right? If somebody is having preterm labor, it can't be stopped. If somebody is has seizures or disorder, right, or, or severe asthma, you know that you know, then they need medical care, right? But it's it's almost like. Um, if, if, a, if a healthy woman was encouraged that it's just like, you know, just like a woman, you know, is, is having, um, is, it knows how to breathe, right? We're not alarming a woman about how, how to breathe. It just works. So if, if we just restore that confidence in a woman that she knows how to birth and, 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 you know, not, um, label them as high risk when they're not. And, and, you know, I think we would have much better outcome in it. And also it's like a woman, like my experience having my first two babies, I walked into the hospital with a lot of fear from the media hype, from my experience as a nurse working in this environment and from hearing horror stories from everybody else. I mean, I had fear, which is already the enemy of labor. Fear is just enemy of, you know, internal stress can, you know, no animal, no human being can really labor well when they're internally stressed. But that being said, putting on a hospital gown, told I can't eat and drink, having to lie on my back with, um, you know, an IV attached and a monitor to, to monitor every single heartbeat and every single contraction, that alone creates a whole cascade of problems. So labor is not going to go well. They're going to give Pitocin, which is, which is a medication to make labor stronger. See, see, when a woman is on her back, the pelvis is smaller and the baby, you know, we need gravity to and align that, the baby. Yeah. And, and we, it's like the wrong position of the pelvis to actually have this baby. Yeah. Well, you know, when a woman is, when, you know, like I have so many women that tell me, you know, they, they, one woman actually wrote a letter to her doctor after she had a cesarean. The doctor told her her pelvis was too small. She had a two pound baby with me, you know, a two pound bigger, right? Her, like her first pel- her first baby was seven pounds. She gave birth to a nine pounder, you know, standing with lunging with one leg up. And she wrote to her doctor, my pelvis grew. And it was just, <laughs> we had her in a different position and she was, you know, gravity and the pelvis, pelvic diameter was, was, was wider. But um, so, so giving oxy, you know, the medication to, to make the contraction stronger, which stresses the baby, and makes makes everything stronger. So then, you know, there's more higher rates of use of narcotics or epidural, and and you know that was what would what caused um, my baby to have severe uh, heart rate uh, drop. And you know, she it was it was a stat cesarean that didn't happen for an hour, and then I ended up pushing her out with a the vacuum. They pulled, you know, so so it's like 
that wouldn't have that whole casket it's called the cascade of interventions it's the same mm -hmm. kind of thing as like um a woman's labeled as high risk because she's um now you know she's 41 weeks she's a week past her due date and she's like you know labeled as high risk and then they you know they induced labor when the you know the, the mother and the baby are not ready right mm -hmm. Yeah. That already, that, that, that whole, you know, she's not trusting her body. Like, is something going to be wrong with my baby? Is something, you know, and so mm -hmm. it's the, the mental, the mind, body are so connected. Oh my gosh. Old, you know, yeah. um, you're, you're, you're 35. Okay. High risk. Cause you're older. That is so not true. Like a lot of women are having healthy babies into their, you know, forties. So, uh, you yeah. know, if they're healthy women. So um, I think this, this, this lab being labeled as having high risk or, or, you know, there's just like a fear that's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Plus that's the fair. interventions that just, you know, one thing after the, uh, the other that can, you know, the more medicalization of birth uh -huh. from medical processes. Right. Yes. If, if they're, you know, we, we, I'm very grateful and I encourage all women to be very grateful when interventions needed. You know, yeah, yeah. There, and it's amazing that it exists. And all amazing, that. That's part yeah. of holistic care. You know, sometimes acupuncture, sometimes chiropractic, sometimes yoga. You know, every, the holistic approach that includes modern medicine. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but when when that's applied to a healthy situation, then you get high rates of medicalization and, mm -hmm. and poor outcomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about. Um, because we're called the Body Talks Podcast, we love diving into this area of body wisdom. So I'm curious if you have, I can maybe ask you more specific questions if you need, but in general, like what are the main things that might, that a woman who's pregnant might tune into about her own body as well as the, the body of the child that's growing within her? I wonder if you have like some themes that have kind of emerged over the thousands of births that you've been part of is like, or hundreds of births, sorry. Um, if there has been like that, like, oh, women are learning this about themselves or about the child through this process of pregnancy. Well, I think, I think pregnancy is, is, is a journey. And I think when a woman is pregnant, it, it's almost like, it's like um, it draws her into her body, you know? And a lot of women in the modern world, especially in the United States, are so, um, I, I think, disembodied. They're more in their heads, yeah. right? And, and they don't realize the mind, body, heart, and soul, maybe unless they're, you know, holistically minded, you know? So, so a lot of my work uh, that I'm finding that I'm having to do more and more is to help women kind of tune in to the wisdom that's in their body because their body does not lie. A lot of times the, the false stories in our, in our brain are, are, are lies. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> you know, so, so, um, and, and I think that the energy to, to, um, it kind of, it calls a woman back to the biological clock, to the realities of nature to the, you know, the patience of, of nature to, you know, because we're so on the computer all the time and, and industri you know, more industrialized time. And it, you know, so a woman is much more sensitive. And if she just listens, you know, her, her taste is more sensitive. Her smell is more sensitive. Her feelings are more sensitive, you know, and, 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 and this is, um, I encourage women to listen to the messages in her body, you know, and, and, so, you know, to, so some of the, what I need to help women do is to slow down mm -hmm. and, and tune in, 
yeah. right? And, and, and get involved with art and any sort of thing that a woman loves that, that, that kind of um, engages the right, the right brain, the intuitive, the wisdom, you know, gardening, you know, uh, connecting with nature because the part of the body that will, the part of her person that will allow her to just have an easier birth is when she taps into that intuitive, primal, sensual, um, huge part of herself. Mm. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, are there any, um, any things that relate to uh, this like kind of heightened sense of smell or taste? You said you mentioned that it, she's more sensitive during that time. And I'm curious if you feel like the cravings that she has, let's say she's craving ice cream, if there's like a, a um, underlying craving below the food. Yeah. Sometimes, but you know, look, I mean, I, <laughs> sometimes, um, like I was a very strict vegetarian when I was pregnant mm -hmm. and very strict. And it was more, you know, in those, you know, when I was, when I was young, um, it was more for animal rights yeah. <laughs> than it was for health reasons. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember when I was pregnant with my first baby, um, and my husband came home and I said, I need meat. <laughs> I remember. And he was like, you know, looking at me like this, I said, I need shawarma. I had this craving and, 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 uh, okay. You know, and in those days, you know, there's no internet. He was looking up in the yellow pages. Where do I find shawarma? It's like a Greek, uh, you know, it's Middle Eastern, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, the lamb that goes around the rotisserie. Totally, yeah. He's looking around for shawarma, you know, and he went and drove and, and came back with it. The sweet man he was. <laughs> and, but you know, that was my body saying, you know, I need protein. I need fat. I need iron. Yeah. You know? Sometimes women might say I crave, you know, I'm craving ice cream. Um, but it's, it's, you know, they need fat, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's way too much, um, you know, um, intake of simple carbohydrates and sugar, which, which causes a rise in blood sugar and then a mm -hmm. drop. Mm -hmm. And they think that they're going to get a quick fix by, you know, ice cream is not that bad, but you know, having a white bagel, you know, um, white crackers, um, any sort of, you know, potato, like a white, white noodles mm -hmm. and that, or, or donut, <laughs> you know, if you're really going to go, you know, some people, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, they, they get, they get nauseous, they get hungry, they get tired, they get dizzy, a piece of cake, you know, cookies. Well, what that does is raise the blood sugar and then, it, and then they will drop and then they crave it, you know, they'll crave it again. But what they really need is to stabilize the blood sugar with healthy fats and protein. So sometimes, you know, yes, they have a craving, but I have to work with them to how can we really satisfy that craving, you know? And right. then that's not even talking about like emotional eating. That's a whole other, that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, but, but like a woman, um, you know, in pregnancy, for example. So this is another journey. Like I find the modern woman is, has a to-do list that's, that's <laughs> long, right. Every day they get yeah. up and they have all these things, you know, and they're, Oh, so the, the, they have to do this, they have to do this, they have to do this. And the body, when the pregnant woman is saying, uh-uh, <laughs> right? And so the body is calling her, you know, the, the fatigue of pregnancy is calling her to, you know, it takes a lot of energy for her body to grow this baby. 
And so she's being called to tune in and slow down and maybe chop off most of that to-do list and reprioritize what's really important, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing to be able to tune in, to listen. Our body, our, our body is wiser than any machine. Yes. I'm just, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. There's some cool technology out there, but I think our body is already amazing technology. I mean, just think, just think like, like breast milk, for example. It is the perfect food for the baby, and, and it changes as the baby grows. There is not one formula that can even come close to making the immune factor, you know, all the immune components of, um, that help fight against infection and autoimmune and allergy you know, problems. Mm-hmm. So it's just like amazing that our bodies just know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 That's great. I think um, we're, we're so in, in, in tune in the sense of like a lot of the issues that women have even getting pregnant are often the women that are, um, that have these long to-do lists that uh, kind of try to do it all and try to do too much and, a lot of the fertility thing is like, how do I get you to slow down? And like, you're stressed how do we get out. You to listen to your body. How do we get right. you to listen to your intuition? Um, and they're stressed out. And, yeah, and, totally. and calm their inner stress. Like, no, learn, you know, find that's what I, I work with women in my course and, and in my practices, you know, how to help a woman ground herself and tune into, you know, to, to her inner calm. Mm-hmm. And and that's so important because I think women, you know, there's a lot of fear and worry there uh, out there that 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 I think gets in the way of a woman getting pregnant. I, I so many times I have cases where you know a woman just gives up after ten years of trying, ah, you know, doing three in vitro uh, failed in vitro for you know IVF procedures, and then you know just giving up, and then she comes to me pregnant naturally. What did she get? She gave up and she relaxed. Right. Yeah, you know, so so connected the mind body. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you have an online course. It's called Love Your Birth Online Course. Um, Tell me more about that. Well, um, so so in the last few years, um, my online like social media uh, following just have has skyrocketed. And what has, like in, in, in just a few years, I think mean, it was my daughter that put me on Instagram. She said, you should be on Instagram. Your, your family send you these awesome pictures. And that's where the newer generation is. And you love inspiring and educating women. You know, you have to put a picture and do a caption. And, you know, she gave me the 101. And I, so I was like having fun with it. And then who knew? Like 70, it's over, you know, between that and Facebook, like over 75,000 followers just oh, in short awesome. time, right? Yeah. So, so I, um, I've start. People are reaching out to me all over the world. You know, from Australia, all over Europe, India, uh, Japan, the Philippines, Canada, all over the United States, and and um, asking me a lot of the same questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm also getting like, do you travel? You know, can you be my midwife, or or how do you help women? So I was interviewed. One of my first podcasts. I was interviewed. It was. Um, um, the woman said to me, it was, you know, she had a podcast for for birth professionals. Um, and she said, I would like you to make a course that really takes people through your practice as you take people through your practice, preparing them for a healthy mind, body, heart, and soul in their pregnancy, 
um, and, and you know, say, and, and birth and set, setting up for postpartum and breastfeeding. Um, could we make a course? I'm I'm into film and editing. I that's my other degree, and and so I said okay. <laughs> I flew out to San Francisco, uh, Point Reyes. We stayed for uh, several, stayed for about four or five days, and she just filmed. And and basically, my course is you know about ten modules, and it's taking women through my practice and pr empowering them and preparing them to to um, not only cope with their whole experience, but bring joy and pleasure and embrace it. Um, and have the healthiest, you know, pregnancy, birth, postpartum possible from, you know, emotionally, f physically, um, spiritually, and, you know, just their whole self. And, so, and, and, and also to like, um, you know, like women are so daunted by all the tests and procedures that, you know, that are like, they just show up pregnant in the doctor's office and they're already, you know, their blood's drawn, their sonograms and genetic testing and chromosomal testing, abnormality testing. And, you know, do they, ha they don't even know they have a choice, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and then even like all the procedures done, do, you know, do, do I want to be induced? Do I not want to be induced? Do, do, my, do they want, I want them to break my water, not break my water, delayed cord clamping or allowing the cord to just give baby back the third of the blood supply that backed up, you know, a hepatitis B vaccine, like, like um, all the procedures suctioning done to the baby that moms don't even realize. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I have a whole module on just like the pros and cons of all these things, informing, empowering women with the education so they can speak up. And, and decide what they want to do. And then they can decide, is their provider in a lot, like if, you, if a woman is planning a vaginal birth, they want a vaginal birth, but they're going to an obstetrician who has a 40% or 50% cesarean rate, then maybe they need a different provider. I mean, there are, there are wonderful obstetricians who really have a very high rate of vaginal birth and, and you know, really supportive of natural birthing. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so there is that, or, or you know, they might, they might, think and question, you know, maybe I need to change my providers who's more in alignment with, with my philosophies and how can we, my, my, I, my business is called, my practice is called home sweet home birth, but it's not about home birth only. It's, it's how can we have that home sweet home feeling at home in a freestanding birth center in a hospital or even in the operating room, if a cesarean is needed, how can we restore humanity and celebration and, and, and kind of bring the home-like feel, the family, who's supporting us into the setting where we're having a birth, you know? So yeah, and preparing, you know, uh, preparing the partner to how to help the mom, um, preparing them for support postpartum and, you know, what to do, uh, there's suddenly a mom. And, you know, years ago, and when we were in tribal community living, and, and, and still as most of us, most, in most cultures around the world, the women support the women and in, in pregnancy and birth and new, you know, mm -hmm. mamahood, it takes a village to raise not just a baby, but new parents. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say, so the mom would be helping, like the grandmother would be helping the, the, her daughter have a baby, the sister, the aunts, the, the female friends, mm -hmm. the, 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 the mother-in-law. And so women were around birth. And they had a lot of support, not just at birth, but postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so today, I think a lot of the fear comes from not, you know, number one, we're more alone in the modern world. Like families yeah. are just spread out all over the place. And we're not, we're not around birth, breastfeeding, or newborns, especially in the corporate, you know, world, right? So, yeah. so um, I think it's just a lot of education. 
uh, that's yeah. needed. Yeah, it's it's education and like we need to create. It almost seems like we need to create a new system where um, women can feel just as supported or or like know that that support is going to be available for them because. I have so many friends who have given birth and every single time at the very least um, someone sets up like a meal train and we go and deliver these meals, which seems like, oh, sure, I can make a meal. It's no big deal. Um, but to have that as as the woman who just gave birth, it's like so crucial. So crucial. 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 Like I have in my course, like I have a whole postpartum plan so that, so that, because like around the world in many other cultures, a woman is off for, you know, off duty. She's off, not just work, but off childcare of the other children. She's off cooking and cleaning and errands. Yeah. So how can we set that woman up? Who can we invite in? You know, and I encourage in the pregnancy to create a tribe if you don't have one, if yeah. you're, you know, even if you have your family around, they might be working or they might be afraid. Like if you, if you have your mother who wants to help, for example, I tell all pregnant women, if your mom really wants to help, but she is so freaked out and you are tense around her and she's like scared of something going wrong because she's your mom and she doesn't, you know, you know, her, her birth, she was probably put out, scopalamine, you know, the, the, the mm -hmm. drugs that were given back then. And, you know, so, so, she, uh, so you're that mom it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be good to have that mom at that birth for that woman who is birthing right but right. we could definitely help postpartum you know so <laughs> who can we bring in who would really best serve that woman in labor and and postpartum so that she is so well supported because you know for at least a month six weeks or more uh, in this country we send them home from the hospital in two days after vaginal delivery five days after cesarean and you're on your own and then we have high rates of you know postpartum illness and depression you know so i that's i'm so passionate about preventing that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it can be done yeah yeah well i'm so grateful for the work that you're doing in the world and um that you're sharing it with so many people uh because i do believe that we are at that place where we need to figure out what the new system is going to be because the old one we kind of chucked out the window and there is no new system so of course these women are freaked out like what am i going to do um <laughs> i i am going to be in that place probably really soon so um so it is it is definitely essential that we create we recreate this tribal feeling um, in the way that um, our world is right now. Yeah, and I and I really believe you know because it's very hard to change hospitals, nurses, and institutions, and doctors. You know, they've been practicing a certain way, but we can change. Like I think the change is coming from empowering women and their families to speak up, right? And yeah. and to create that. Like I I, I just re I heard from a woman who took my course. She was in Central America. And uh, she said she couldn't, there's no midwife or doula. And she, she um, ha uh, had uh, the only obstetrician that, she, that was near her um, attend cesarean birth. Didn't even do vaginal birth. Oh, wow. And uh, she felt empowered enough to have a whole vision of how she wanted to have her pregnancy and birth. And she convinced him. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, he was a surgeon. He was just attending. Like he had a he had a hundred percent cesarean section rate, pretty wow. much ninety nine percent. If wow. maybe if somebody was late to the hospital, they gave birth in the in the on the way. But um, yeah, she convinced him to attend her naturally, and not only it changed her life and her family, but it changed his life and the way he practices. And that's just awesome. I think that's where the change is going to come from: is when when passionate women and empowered, educated women and their families speak up. Yeah. 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 Well, we have to do the work, you know, we have to do the work. We can't just, you know, when we surrender and let them do it, then unfortunately, yeah, we're not going to get away your result. power. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we owe it to ourselves to take our power back and thank you for and our families doing um, the work that you do so that people can be empowered. Yeah, I have, um, maybe if your audience would like, it's, it's if you go to homesweethomebirth.com forward slash gift, it's a free ebook of my favorite, it's like 154 resources for, you know, books, movies, from pre planning a pregnancy, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, sibling, breastfeeding, and mom inspiration, you know, supplies to have at your birth for yeah. your meditation and yoga practice, you know, yeah. so it's just free. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll put the link in our below the podcast. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure. I hope it helps. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Egg Meat Sperm. If you want more information about holistic fertility, pregnancy, or postpartum, go to www.holisticfertilitycenter.com. You can find us on social media through the links in the show notes below. And if you're trying to conceive, I would love to invite you to join our secret Facebook community called Positive Fertility, where the discussions are not about what you can't do, but about embracing your body and empowering your fertility. Again, I'm Dr. Omatma and we'll see you next time.